Welcome out to Pikapi Podcast, your Pokemon anime podcast going through each episode of the Pokemon anime for Nerdy Dice section. And right now we're on episode 271 in the Johto League. Almost done with it. Oh my gosh. We're in one of the final rounds of the Johto League Silver Conference. Ash versus Harrison. There's not much left after this before we go to Hoenn. I'm your host and still podcasting from that magical land where furnaces only stay lit for a couple hours at a time. I really need to talk about some Pokemon. So let's go. Pikapi Podcast is brought to you by PokePress covering all sorts of different aspects of the Pokemon world, including interviews with gamers, people who play the video games or the card games, people who win the video games at the card games, and coverage of various tournaments and gatherings. They've also spoken to directors and musicians that have worked on the Pokemon anime, concert musicians who have played or conducted music for the Pokemon anime, and cosplayers who have created amazing Pokemon cosplays. All sorts of different things that you can find at their YouTube channel at PokePress or at their site, pokepress.blogspot.com. And they've just started a podcast of their own, uh, the PokePress Digest podcast. So there are many ways where all this awesome information can get to your ears. Definitely check them out, and I'll have those links uh, on my blog page as well. And I'll give you that info at the end of the episode. But let us get right into this episode, Ash versus Harrison. Last episode, we ended with Harrison sending out a Pokemon called Kecleon, and Ash and Pikachu wondering just what it was that they were seeing. <laughs> Ash used his Pokedex on this creature, and luckily it has some info. I, I guess Professor Oak did give them the Hoenn decks back in that episode then. Like, did he anticipate that that's where they were going next, or is the Poke World finally getting a more global system? Just all Pokedex have all the data. Now, Ash has seen a Kecleon before. Um, that doesn't mean that he's used to it. Doesn't mean he knows all his attacks and capabilities. Doesn't mean he knows how to battle it. Like, he might remember it's a Grass-type, maybe not. And it seems like Ash kind of might remember before he referred to the Pokedex and, you know, just, you know, brought up the Pokedex for extra data, which is what I think happens a lot. I don't think every time Ash checks the decks that he's necessarily completely ignorant, like, I don't know what that is. Like, a lot of times, especially with Pokemon he's seen before, I'm sure it's just a reference. After all, I can remember a lot, a lot, a lot about Pokemon in my head, but when I'm playing the game... I, I still will check back to Bulbapedia from time to time, like, this Pokemon learns what move when it evolves when? What? Like, you can't remember everything. 
And even if you could, the entire Pokemon anime is predicated on the fact that scientists are discovering new things all the time that you just don't know. Although it does seem kind of like Ash's friends have forgotten a bit, but the point still stands. Um, and Harrison just threw him a pretty big curveball with, with Kecleon. Ash is just not used to it. And that's gotta happen, like, a lot, especially as PokeWorld becomes more global, that beginning trainers show up to their first competition and suddenly someone throws out, like, a Butterfree and it's like, I don't know what that is! Is it a legendary? My Pokedex doesn't know! Like, Roxy's gym, like, remember she had that coughing she said she picked up in Kanto? She brings that back to her gym and suddenly there's a million little 10-year-old trainers going, Professor Juniper, I don't know what's going on! It's a story convention that helps with plot, but I think eventually trainers won't have to get upgrades every time they visit a new region, um, or at least the regional Pokemon data won't be added on a case-by-case basis. Like, as people in Pokemon keep moving around, it just starts becoming ridiculous. But remember what it was like the first time? Like, remember what it was like? I mean... The gold-silver games and Jota were one thing, like expansion pack for the Pokemon franchise. But Hoenn, like a clear, distinct region with no connection to Kanto in any capacity, no sharing an Elite Four, no nothing. It's its own completely separate thing. And establishing without doubt how regions work and, and that this world is full of locations as it is of Pokemon and someone just threw out a Kecleon like it belongs in the universe. The announcer knows what that is. Professor Oak knows what it is. We haven't adjusted yet, though. Remember, ah, oh, like, even though we technically had an episode with this Pokemon, like, when Harrison called out that word and we were all like, Keckly, what? And we saw it, like, what is that? Why is it here? Holy Mew, this match just got real. Like, you can bring Hoenn into this competition. The world is connected. Um, so anyway, on to the actual battle. Uh, Kecleon is a Pokemon that can go almost completely invisible kind of like a chameleon, save for the red zigzag pattern around its stomach. And Harrison has raised this one to be speedy, so it's a real tough time for Pikachu. Ash tells him to find Kecleon's position using his hearing, not sight, and this works. Um, but Harrison anticipates it and has Kecleon use lick, which <laughs> really throws Pikachu for a loop. And I would like some standardization with the spiral eyes, like, fainted or confused, make up your mind. Um, but in addition to all the tricks thus far, Kecleon also has Psybeam in its pocket, so Pikachu takes some damage, um, but does escape the worst of it. And, you know, still Kecleon keeps on coming with all sorts of crazy tricks. It's mowing grass with its tongue. Like, Ash's reputation as the oddball trainer is in jeopardy here. <laughs> um, after Kecleon does some landscaping and, and swings its tongue like a rotary blade, Pikachu grabs onto it. And with its tongue clenched in Pikachu's little paws, it's got a direct line. It uses Thunderbolt, and how could that be anything but a direct hit? So Kecleon faints. It's a nice, strong start from Ash, despite the unusual situation. His friends and family are proud, and just to remind, Gary is watching this match, but not in the stands like a normal person. He's lurking in the shadows, trying to look like a cool guy, <laughs> leaning against a wall in every frame we see him in. Uh, Pikachu is still good to go, so it's him against that Sneasel from a few episodes back, the one getting all territorial about the shrine. 
Harrison has been working with it, I guess, because it was already pretty fast and strong to begin with. Now it's obedient and can follow a plan. Pikachu goes down after being hit with Metal Claw. Ash has to run onto the field to recall Pikachu, um, and takes Pikachu to the sidelines where it can rest with Brock and Misty and all, and then sends out Totodile. And that's the perfect choice, it turns out. Once Totodile bites Sneasel's arm, it can swing and smash Sneasel all over the place. Even its dancing is basically an attack. And then it whacks Sneasel with its tail, and it's over. Harrison's next Pokemon is Hypno, and we get a bit of a staring contest with Leer attacks that don't do anything. And then Hypnosis. Totodile is getting sleepy. Very sleepy. Hypno can use all its great attacks, like Psychic, and Totodile can't do anything. Totodile faints, and it's been pretty back and forth between the two of them, like Ash takes one, Harrison takes one, Ash takes one. I guess that's supposed to convey that they are pretty close in skill. Like, whenever one gets the advantage or gets one up on the other, the other is right there to take it back. Um, but Ash's next Pokemon is Snorlax who just takes a nap on the field. And I'm pretty sure Ash is flashing back to Indigo like, no, not again, please wake up, I beg you. Um, but he puts on a better game face than the last time, like, yes, good job, sleeping is a great defense. Misty's on the side like, does Ash really think he's fooling anybody? <laughs> Hypno uses Dream Eater. Um, so basically, Snorlax did half of Hypno's job for him. Um, and everyone in the crowd is like, Ash, you gotta wake up Snorlax. Wake up Snorlax. It's like, how did we do it last time? Alarm clocks, a kiss, dress Ash up as fruit. Like, we're pressed for time, kid. Think of something. In the end, I think Dream Eater itself did the job. Snorlax's bad dream is enough to wake it up. And like most of us, waking up from a bad dream is enough to make you a little cranky. Especially if someone is rude enough to attack you while you were having a nice nap. I mean, you'd think this was the Pokemon League, the way some of these noisy people carry on. So rude. Well, Snorlax is up, it's angry, and Hypno's looking a little worried. Um, Hyper Beam does its job, Hypno is done. And now that Snorlax is awake, it's gonna be tough to take down. Who wants the job? We'll have to see after the halftime break. And goodness knows, those things can turn around quickly. Ash's sure did. Speaking of, Ash has reasons for winning this beyond just advancing in the tournament. Gary is watching. He wants to make Gary proud. He wants to win for Gary. And that's kind of cute. Like, I mean, it's not the first time that somebody has won. It's like, I'm carrying the dreams of all who came before me on my shoulders. But there's just... Something sweet about the connection between Ash and Gary and, like, last episode where Gary, like, confessed, like, his feelings of failure and all that at losing. It it's cute to me that Ash acknowledges that Gary has some investment in this match. And that after all the two of them experienced yesterday, that he needs to take this seriously. Like, more seriously than usual. I don't think Ash was ever coming into this, like, not caring. Um, well, in the next round, he doesn't come back with the chubby champion. Ash uses Noctowl against Harrison Steelix. And I'm kind of, like, happy and also surprised that Noctowl is getting some play in the later rounds of the championship. Because Noctowl, you know, is a great Pokemon, but it's just not one of Ash's, you know, 
go-tos. And when you think of all Ash's, you know, great, really strong, really fast Pokemon, Noctowl's not really in there. It's definitely not the fastest, and it kind of doesn't have the same explosive power that a lot of his other Pokemon have. It is a great Pokemon, it has a lot of tactical advantages, but it does kind of feel like the Pokemon that you use to balance out a team earlier in the tournament. Or for a specialty, and maybe that's why Ash keeps it on. It is his only real psychic type. And he doesn't know much about Harrison's Pokemon, but he knows a lot of them are going to be from that Hoenn region that he's never seen. So maybe that's why Noctowl is on this team so late in the match. Like, despite not being a powerhouse like Charizard or a speed demon like Pikachu, but it gives him a little room to affect a different strategy if Harrison's Pokemon end up being something that Ash isn't used to dealing with. Um, but this match is why there's only so much you can compare the games to the show. Like, Steelix uses a lot of ground moves, like Sandstorm, Dig, which shouldn't affect a flying type. But in the real world, if you can find a way to make them hit, there's they're probably going to do some damage. Like, if I can physically make contact with my body against yours, it shouldn't matter that it was a ground attack and you're a flying. I, I hit you. You should have bruises. And in this match, that's exactly what happens. Sandstorm, like, whether or not Noctowl takes damage from it is irrelevant. It can't see. There is sand physically everywhere. And dig, if a giant Steelix whacks a little bird, the bird is going down. Um, eventually, Noctowl falls to Iron Tail. Um, Brock is not so worried about this setback. Like, he thinks Ash does his best work when facing a challenge. Uh, but still, every feint brings you a little closer to a challenge you just can't surmount. Well, Ash comes back with Snorlax, who takes some damage from Steelix's rap attack. Though good on Steelix for being able to get all the way around that girth. From there, Snorlax wrenches an arm free and uses Ice Punch. And the Hyper Beam, the real moneymaker. So that's, that's it for Steelix. That Hyper Beam, though, it's, it's so powerful. It has assured so many matches, so much so that when Houndoom comes out, it just uses Counter, and Snorlax falls. Like, uh-oh. And this is the point where Ash is like, whatever. He throws all caution to the wind and sends out Bayleaf. Harrison, the announcer, everyone's like, has he lost his mind? Does he want to lose? Well, it seems horribly mismatched, uh, but then Bayleaf uses Vine Whip to muzzle Houndoom. And what are you going to do without your fire attacks? And the subsequent body slam looks really painful. I feel bad for Houndoom. And after that, Harrison only has the one Pokemon. But we all know what it is, don't we? Blaziken. Blaziken is rare to see in Johto, and hey, more fire types. Lucky Bayleaf. Not that that's even the part Ash has to worry about. Blaziken counters Bayleaf without a fire attack, without a standard attack of any kind, actually. It just sort of flails its legs really fast and undoes everything Bayleaf was trying to do. It then catches Bayleaf's Vine Whip and can just reel it in to give a direct fire punch to the face. So, ouch. Bayleaf did try to take control, but she's really outmatched here and she faints. Um, but Ash has one Pokemon that just might match Blaziken, and that is Charizard. 
So in a match of flamethrower versus flamethrower, we end the episode. Dun dun dun. I should mention Team Rocket was up to stuff today. They are breaking ground on their own building to expand their pin collection business. Um, already there is some infighting among the members, but hey, they are moving up in the world. Great. We'll see how long that lasts. It's like, I want to support you in your dreams, Team Rocket, especially your, like, legitimate employment dreams, but I just have a feeling that this is all going to go horribly wrong for you. But I am kind of loving that the, like, sales and merchandising portion of the Pokemon League is basically turning into the Team Rocket internship program. <laughs> I am kind of falling in love with how every League, like, even if in the back of their mind they're maybe plotting to steal something... Eventually, it just turns into, like, hey, guys, let's get a job and do it with pride. Like, here they're being entrepreneurs. Like, they've been, you know, food vendors in some leagues. They've been, like, salespeople and, like, you know, risen up the ranks of marketing and sales <laughs> over the course of the, the league competitions. In Kalos, they were a film crew and, like, reported on the apocalypse, like, after everybody else had fled. Like, Team Rocket, you have resumes that are pretty legit now. Like, you don't need this life of crime. I'm pretty sure you can get a decent job doing just about whatever you want now. And then add, like, the contest battling into that, and then their obvious, like, sewing machine skill with their costumes. Like, Team Rocket, you have such potential. You're wasting it. Uh, but anyway, let's get into Pokemon Fantasy League. Let's start adding up some points. We have only the one random point this episode to flip for, and that was Wobbuffet showing up. So let's flip for that. And it is heads for Evan. And now for the drafted points. On Team Evan, uh, Kecleon technically got a point last episode for starting its battle, which it sadly didn't win. But Blaziken started a battle that we will find out next episode if it wins, and Houndoom appeared in the match and did win one round. So we're up to three battle points. And then on Team Logan, Snorlax entered the battle and won one round. And Charizard has entered the battle, though time will tell if it actually wins. So that's three battle points for each. But Evan has one random point that puts him ahead at four. So the tide is starting to turn. And so the final points are Team Evan at 20, Team Logan at 39. There's one more match of the Pokemon League Silver Conference. The episode Johto Photo Finish. And I've decided that all the random points are going to be double or nothing. So get ready, we're almost to the end of this game. Almost to the end of the championships, almost to the end of original series. I, like, am still not sure if I can really accept that as real. <laughs> like, it just feels not so long ago that I was wondering if we were ever going to make it through Johto. Like, am I going to have to start doing two episodes a week again? Are we going to have to combine episodes? Like, how are we going to do this? There's no way that this podcast can actually make it that far. But it did. And it's kind of weird. But we're going to talk about Hoenn. Advanced Generation is a season that brought me such joy to my heart. There were days it felt like an acid trip, but it was beautiful and glorious and all the good things. 
And we don't have to wait long because we're in the middle of the marathon. We're going to keep going until Hoenn alone. No matter what the situation with furnaces and temperatures outside, we are going to keep going. And I hope that you'll keep listening. Um, you can find this podcast at peakhappypodcast.blogspot.com or on iTunes, Zoom, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, talking about Pokemon Fantasy League and all sorts of other fun things. You can also send questions or comments to peakhappypodcast at gmail.com. And while you can't find us on YouTube right now, one of the listeners suggested that that might be something to look into in the future. To me, it seems like a lot of work for a podcast I'm barely maintaining now, but... And why would you use a video platform for an audio podcast? But there are a lot of podcasts that do release on YouTube as well. So my question to all of you is... Do you listen to podcasts via YouTube or know many people that do? And do you think that this is a viable option for PCAPI podcast? Do you think it is worth the effort? I remember when I first started, someone suggested doing something like that and have the episode sort of playing in the background or in the corner, which I'm, I'm sure really shakes that whole fair use thing. But something like just the podcast logo in the background would probably be fine. And if you guys think there are people who maybe don't listen to podcasts on their MP3 devices, but would more listen this way, then it might be worth doing. But I want to know what you guys think first, because I'm barely maintaining this podcast as it is. So hit me up on Twitter or in the comments or wherever and throw in your two cents on that. Anyway, I will talk to you all next time. This has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. 